Today we hear a lot about uh, fake news. I don't know if I ever heard that, that word to the last couple of years, but we, we hear a lot about fake news uh, with, with the internet, with Facebook, with, with all these different 24-hour news channels that all they have to do is talk about news and that has to fill up the hours of their day, all of the political commentary going on. Uh, you hear people talking about fake news today. And usually when somebody's using it, uh, they're, they're usually saying it in a negative sense that somebody's put out something fake uh, that, is, that is harming them, that's reflecting negatively on them. Well, think about that for just a second. There, uh, there is a reality to fake news, and, and that is this. Listen to this truth. Today, it doesn't matter if something is true, but in our age today where everybody's talking, everybody's gossiping, everybody's posting things, in our, in our day, it doesn't matter if something is true or not, but if enough people will say it, if enough people will repeat it, it becomes as good as true. And that's, that's the truth of our day. It doesn't matter if something flat out is a lie. If enough people will grab it and enough people will say it, it becomes accepted as the truth today. And that's the world we're living in. Again, it doesn't matter if it's a total lie. It doesn't matter if it, it doesn't even make sense. It can't be supported. If enough people begin to, to say something, it begins to be accepted as the truth. And in the, in really, it becomes our truth. Now, the problem with that is this. It's still a lie. And that's, that's, the, that's the problem with that. You know what? Just because the culture says this, because the world says this, because the popular opinion says this, it doesn't matter what people accept and believe. It's still a lie. Well, in 1 John, uh, we've been seeing as we've moved through this, this book, the threat of the false teacher, the threat of false teaching. And, and bigger than that, uh, we, we see the damage that it causes these false teachers and their false teaching. Well, I was thinking about that today. It's really the same thing. It's, it's fake news. If enough people are saying something, it begins to be accepted as truth. Last week, we moved to the fourth chapter, and, and, and we see the apostle John as he writes here, uh, the fourth chapter starts off, he says, do not believe, and we, we saw that that means quit believing every spirit. He says, test the spirits, and, and so he tells the Christian folks there, quit believing everything that you hear. Test it, and he's talking about testing it against the word of God. He says, quit believing everything, do not believe every spirit, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Uh, it is not a rare thing for a false prophet to exist. It is not a rare thing, an, an uncommon thing for false teachers to exist today. And so his, his call is this, stop believing everything that you hear. There's fake news out there. Stop believing everything that you hear. And, and he's telling us to check it against the standard, the truth of the word of God. Well, here's the question for us today. How can you know how can you identify the false, the false teacher or the false teaching? And that, he's been talking about that in several places as we move through. But, but how can you know what is true? How can you know what is false? And that's what we're going to talk about in our verses today. 
I'm going to read 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to read the first six verses. Last week, we looked at the first verse. I'm going to go ahead and include it in again today and look at the first six verses together. And then we're going to come back and we're going to look at this piece by piece in the verses. How can you identify the faults? How can you identify what is true? 1 John chapter 4, beginning in the first verse, it says this, Beloved, talking to Christians, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that is coming and now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So again, John is writing, he writes to the, to the Christians that are existing this day, warning them about false teachers and false teachings. So how can we identify what is false? Who is false? Quit believing everything you hear, but test the spirits. The first test is this. I'm gonna read verses two and three together again. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit, listen, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Jesus, the man from Galilee, Christ, the the promised Messiah, has come in the flesh, born as a human. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you've heard that it is coming and now is already in the world. Here it is. By this you know the spirit of God. By this you know the truth. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And so that's the first thing he says. Now what that means is this. The first test is this. They have to get Jesus right. And that's what he's saying to them. That's what he's saying to us today. Listen, the first test is this. They have to get Jesus right. Now, the the word for confesses here, the original language, the Greek word for confesses. Now, there's several forms of this word, but this word that's used here means to say the same thing. And so I want you to see that picture. This is the truth, and so I say the same thing. This is the truth, and I agree with the truth, and so I say the same thing. What that means in this context is this is who Jesus is. He is the Christ. He has come in the flesh. This is who Jesus is, and I'm saying the same thing. I'm confessing the same thing. Now, what that means is this. They have to get Jesus right. Now, be sure today, this is talking about the totality of who Jesus is. And this is very important. It's talking about the entirety of who Jesus is. You see, it's not enough to get part of Jesus right. It's not enough to get some 
of Jesus' wrath. A lot of people talk about Jesus. The Muslims talk about Jesus. The Mormons, they've named their church after Jesus. The Jehovah's Witness, they talk about Jesus. It's not enough to get part of Jesus right. It's not enough to get some of Jesus right. It is to get the totality, the entirety of who Jesus is right. Now, what that means is this. When we profess that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the son of living, the living God is what Peter says, that he has come in the flesh is what John says. It means that when we say we accept, we believe, we confess Jesus, it means that we believe Jesus is God in the flesh. He's God in the flesh. He's fully God, and at the same time, he's fully man. If, you're, if your theology has him separated out, maybe he's not man. Or maybe he's not God. Listen, that's not our Jesus. It is he is God in the flesh, fully God and fully man. It is the understanding that he is the lamb of God. He is perfect. He is sinless. If your theology holds that he might have entered into sin and he might have done some sinful things, listen, that's not our Christ. He is the perfect lamb of God without blemish. Because he is, he's come to take away the sins of the world. It means to say he is the Savior the Savior, the only Savior, the only means by which we must be saved. Listen, there's not many ways to be saved. There's not many different avenues to be saved. There's not, there's not Christ and something else, Christ and works. It means that Jesus Christ is the Savior who redeems by the way of the cross. He redeemed us by the way of the cross. That's what we're saying about Christ. It means that we believe he's resurrected actually physically resurrected. I hear some folks say, well, it was a spiritual resurrection. Listen, that's a transformation. That's not a resurrection. It means Jesus Christ was actually physically dead and Jesus Christ is actually physically alive again. We believe Jesus is resurrected from the dead. Our hope is tied to that. It means we believe that Jesus is Lord of all that he has authority, he's the king of all kings, and he is reigning now, and he is the, the reigning king, Lord Jesus. Listen, the first test is do they get Jesus right? Do they get the totality of Jesus right? Because verse three says, if they do not, they're not of God. It says if they're not, they're the spirit. They come in the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, it's not talking about the Antichrist that will come in the end days yet to come, but it's talking about the spirit of the Antichrist, which, which John says has already come, is already in the world. Listen, the spirit of the Antichrist leads people away from the truth of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to I make this as heavy as I can. The spirit of the Antichrist leads people away from the truth the totality, the entirety of the truth of Jesus Christ. And so we need to be very sure today. We need to be very, very confident in this. A false teacher is no light matter. A false teacher is no laughing matter. Today, today our day of tolerance, people say, well, close enough is good enough. Well, they're trying the best they can. Close enough is good enough. Listen, it's no light matter to, to have a false teacher because they are leading people away from the true Jesus. And in doing that, they're leading them away from salvation in Jesus Christ. And so what John is saying here, they are of Satan. That's what he says. You know what, they're the spirit of the Antichrist. They're leading people away from salvation. Hope, the only hope they're ever gonna have. They're leading them away from it. 
They are of Satan. Verse 4. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Now, some folks take this out of context and make it say something it doesn't, but what this is talking about here are, are false teachers. You have overcome them. You've overcome the false teacher. It means you've heard the truth and you've received the truth. They are lying. That's what they do. They're spewing lies, but not you. You have received the truth. It says, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You see what that means is when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, when you received him by faith, the Bible says you were filled with the wholeness, the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. And now he comes and he confirms the truth in you. He testifies to the truth in you. These false teachers are liars, but you've heard the truth and you've received the truth. And now because of that, you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God who confirms himself the truth. Here's a big statement. Here's a, a very unpopular statement. A person with a wrong view of Jesus Christ is not saved. Well, what if it's close? What if they say some of the words? What if, they, what if they're close to who it is? Listen, a person with a wrong view of Jesus Christ cannot be saved. We're saved in the truth of who Jesus Christ is. Do you see all of a sudden why this is a big deal? Do you see all of a sudden why this matters? Do you see why John comes back in his old age to write this letter of 1 John? It's because a person who doesn't understand Jesus Christ, a person who's been lied to about the truth of Jesus Christ, a person who doesn't understand Jesus is the Christ, he's the Messiah, he's the Lamb of God, he is the risen Savior. That person, they are lost in their sin and they have no hope. That's why this is a big deal. That's why it matters. Verses 5 and 6. Pretty interesting verses. They are from the world, therefore they speak, this is almost comical, they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. Now listen to that. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. Let's go ahead and read verse six. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us, by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Here's what John says. They are from the world. They are of the world. They are not of God. Now we, we have this idea today that maybe you could be a, a little bit of the world and mostly of God. Or maybe equally of the world and equally of God. Listen, those two things cannot coincide. Those things cannot coexist. And so John says here, they are of the world. They are, they are worldly. And that's why when they speak, the world loves them. When they speak, the world eats it up. Do you ever notice that? When they speak, they're of the world. And so the world eats them absolutely up. Think about these false teachers for just a second. I'm talking about in 2018. What do they promise? What do they promise? Today, listen to what they promise. They promise health that'll never fail. 
You know, if you're sick, you ought not be sick. If you have the right prayer and the right faith, you'll never be sick. They offer health that doesn't fail. They offer wealth. They offer money on top of money. They offer, they offer stuff and they offer jobs. You know what? You're going to get the job that you need and God's favor is going to lead you there. And they offer success and they preach all about success. I think about some of those guys. Remember Robert Tilton, the, the crazy guy from Dallas? His ministry was called Success in Life. T- today, Joel Osteen says, your best life now. He says, he actually says that when he goes to the mall, the best parking spots open up for him. That's what he says, not my quote. I can't even get a parking spot. I met a guy here who, who, who said he was a preacher. He was passing through. I saw him at Bevo's. He, he had preached in, in a church here in town. He was on his way going somewhere else. And he said, this is what he said to me. When I drive, the favor of God is so heavily upon me that the lights turn green. Listen to those guys. They're offering the things of the world. They're offering the lures of the world. They're offering the trappings of the world. Oh, the success of the world. You'll never be sick. You'll have a job. The parking spot's going to open up for you. Listen to me. Jesus did not come to make us comfortable in the world. Jesus didn't come and get nailed to a Roman cross and bleed out on that cross to make us successful in the world. Jesus came as the perfect Lamb of God. He never sinned. He was nailed to a cross to save us from a sorry, dying, sinful world. Never make us comfortable in this world. See, the Bible says the world is not our home. The Bible says we're citizens somewhere else. The Bible says the prince of this world, he is not our Lord. And so what this is saying is this, the things of this world, they are not our prize. Our prize is Jesus. Our prize, our hope, Our joy is Jesus. Point of all this is this. You have to be right with Jesus. You have to have the right Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. He comes. God himself, needing not one thing so powerful, he speaks all things into existence. The Bible says he humbles himself and comes as a man. I I cannot fathom God himself coming as a baby, born out behind really a, a, an old truck stop. And they don't even have a room for him there, and they put him out back, put him in a feed trough with the animals. That's God who created all things. He lives a life he never sins. He doesn't sin because he doesn't sin. Jesus is able to offer himself in my place for my sin, your sin. They take him, they accuse him of things he didn't do. He lives a, a sinless life. He's rejected by those that he came to. They spit upon him. They they pull the beard out of his face. That's the reality of Jesus. They nail him to the cross and he dies paying a penalty for my sin, your sin. You see, the world will make you comfortable in your sin. Jesus came and the anger of God was poured out toward him, on him for our sin. They put him in a grave, actually physically dead, cold, dead. Movement's over. Problem solved. Move on. Three days later, Easter Sunday morning, God himself, Jesus, the lamb who was slain, walks out of a grave, the risen king standing in victory. Payment received. The Bible says this. If that is your Jesus, 
if that is your hope, if you pin it all on him, you are saved. Point of today is this, who is your Jesus? Is that your Jesus? Two responses. If he's not, make him your Lord. Call him your Jesus. Today, if you're here and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, listen, I would settle it today. I wouldn't leave this place without settling that today. Our hope alone is in Jesus. Second response is this. If that is your Jesus, then tell somebody about him. If that is your Jesus, don't go back and fold into a messed up world. Don't sell out. Don't conform. Stand up and say, listen, we have a hope in a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. If that is your Jesus, tell somebody about him. Glad you're here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Glad you're here. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that as messed up as today is, as this sorry world is, that the, the lie can be spread so many times that it becomes the truth. I'm thankful that we have the truth in Jesus. I'm thankful that as we stand here as men, as, as messed up as we are, as sorry as we can be, as far as track as we can get, that we have hope still in Jesus. We have the forgiveness of our sin, the restoration of our soul the redemption through the blood of Christ. I praise the name of Jesus. I pray for some in this room that need to settle that today. I pray that today they put their faith in Christ. And then I pray for us, the rest of us here that have settled that, that we walk out of here not scared, that we walk out of here not cowed down, but we walk out of here and we proclaim loudly and boldly that there is hope today in Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.